Welcome to the Minivade Gang Podcast, episode 393. I am Steve Borsch, and I'm on with Tim Elliott. Good morning. And advisor to President Trump, Phil Wilson. Say it ain't so. No way. <laughs> How you but, doing? Oh, wow. Yeah, believe me, if I were if I were an advisor to Trump, it would be a whole different line of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. They, the firing squad would come back is what would happen. So, so my question is, is there really an advisor to Trump? Because somebody ain't doing a good job. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, good morning. How's good everybody morning. doing? We're Super. doing well. We're doing well, except uh, it's my understanding that um, we're going to be in the 50s next week. Well, no, brother. It's not good. Well, why, why isn't it good? It's not good. Be a lot of snow melt. Come on. No, no. We're not good. So that's, that's not Get on like your what, t-shirt again. Not like why, what? It's not why I live in Minnesota, man. Come on. Really? Oh, okay. I'm here, for right. four, I'm here for four seasons. It's why, it's all it's why we're going to leave at some point. Oh, stop. At least in the winter. Yeah, I'm telling you, we're just weeding out the the weaklings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the weaklings who have lived decades here, born and raised. Yeah, and then of course when I left for for uh, three years, it was to Chicago. So everybody said, you know, it's like six degrees warmer in Chicago, Steve. And then I'd be downtown, and the wind, it'd be like the wind chill would be like minus nine when it was like forty degrees out. It was just unbelievable. So didn't really. Uh, get a whole lot out of that one but anyway no, that's all right well let's see what's happening in uh in the world oh innovation here in sunny minneapolis yeah well there was a uh, our pals at crane's twin cities had an article about uh, futurists worried the twin cities are falling behind on self-driving tech and oh, brother. oh wow i thought wait a minute yeah, i didn't even know that we were really in so no, we're not. Tech. you know we're, yeah. we're also we're also kind of falling behind in gold mining but i don't think we're really doing that that's what i yeah exactly that was my reaction to this <laughs> the guy simon anderson is a self-described futurist so anyway nice yeah but i thought this was kind of an interesting article that that um you know we all know self-driving is is going to be here in the not too distant future you know, even if it takes longer than we think and it's 10 years rather than five, um, um, it's still going to be pretty great, especially since last night I almost got sideswiped by a young woman in a in a Ford Explorer who was texting. Mm. And I thought that's illegal. I was, I was, I was, was sideswiped by somebody texting. So there you go. So, oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know the texting part. Oh, I, yeah, I, I strongly suspect. I don't know for sure, but I strongly suspect, you know, when somebody gets out of their car and goes, what happened? Oh, geez. <laughs> Somebody's not paying attention. Yeah, no kidding. So, so no kidding. yeah, you know, I think the whole self-driving car thing is uh, it, it's going to be a bit of a mess. But uh, yeah, why? I don't see why this is the next big thing. We've got no. plenty of people to drive, you know, your Ubers around. Well, you know, but remember, it doesn't, it, you know, Uber and Lyft make a whole lot more money if they don't have drivers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, okay. That's what it well, is. Well, but also, also just take a look when you think, Tim, about, about the, uh, the 73 million baby boomers who will be retired, uh, within the next, I think four years, uh, the baby boomers will, will be pretty much retired. And, um, when you look at that bulk, I mean, how many people want two cars? when they're retired, you know, if they can get by True. with one and, and with, oh, yeah. with Uber and Lyft, you can already pretty much get there. If you, if the other person doesn't do a whole lot of driving, 
Um, but with autonomous vehicles, it's going to just totally change the dynamic. Um, because you'll be able to just call up a car when you got to run to the grocery store. Yep. Just have it show up. So, you know, I was just always, I always hearken back to the movie sleeper when anybody talks about autonomous cars. I know, I know, (laughs) I know. And the joy and enthusiasm when one finds a Volkswagen in a cave. (laughs) By the way, I I rewatched that with Michelle the other night. Yeah. Well, maybe a month ago. Um, and for those who haven't seen it, Woody Allen's sleeper, uh, was, uh, Gosh, when was that released? In the 70s? Oh, yeah. Yeah, early 70s. Yeah, and and I remember going to it with a couple of buddies of mine, and I I realize now the reason I thought it was so hysterically funny was that I was under the influence of chemicals. And uh, so it was, uh, uh, you know, it was pretty amazing. But but we started to rewatch, and we got about 25 minutes into it, and she just goes, I I can't, I can't do this. I can't. It just wasn't funny. Anyway, it's a mad madcap uh, screwball comedy. It, it was, is. You know, it's like uh, you know what did you did you did you lose her at the orgasmatron? Was that was? I don't even remember when <laughs> what, what it was, but yeah, oh, brother. Well, one thing yeah. you can do in your self driving car is you can uh, put your Oculus Riff on. Yeah, yeah but you're not going to be able to even try it out anymore because Best Buy is removing them all. No, they're not. Uh, or, no, well, they're from cutting, 200 stores. cutting it back. Yeah. So yeah. instead of 500 stores, I'm 300 stores with these things. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was one of my predictions but, this year was it was going to be uh, augmented reality and not virtual reality. And this kind of kind of uh, points the, the way to the trend of VR being eh, maybe not so great. Well, this is an $800 toy, though. So yeah. it's, you know, it's True. kind of it's kind of a niche. Right. At the moment. Right. Agreed. And you've tried, both of you guys have tried one? No. Yeah, I've tried one. Well, uh, it was... Um, Oculus. When we were in Italy, gosh, was that summer before last? Um, Alex and I, because my wife and daughter wanted to go shopping, and we, we kind of looked at each other and went, yeah, let's go do something else. So we went to a video game museum called Vigamus, and um, uh, there weren't that many people. There were like three three other people there. And one of the things they had were two Oculus Rift stations connected up to some pretty powerful computers. And there was a young woman there that helped us with the headsets and so on. She had to stand there so we didn't, like, stand up and fall down and kill ourselves. Um, and uh, it was the first experience that I had with one, and I just thought, this is unbelievable. But I probably wouldn't buy one. No, so. not yet. Anyway, when it gets down to you know something more reasonable, a three it seems yeah. like three hundred dollars is about the, uh, the the price for a game console these days. So when it gets to three hundred dollars, I think that a lot of people will will get into it. Yeah, but I still submit though that with augmented reality, when you're going to be able to hold up your phone and have overlays over things, I think it's going to yeah. change. It's going to change. Yeah. Right, Everything but all. the install yeah. base of the cell phone or the uh, the smartphone is huge compared with something like an Oculus Rift or right. you know the Vive and or all these other VR uh, uh, headsets. So. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. So yeah, I, you know, it's it's interesting to see how the 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 augmented reality stuff has taken off. I I remember you know ages ago when you uh, the three of us were talking about. Uh, about the Google goggles. Uh, you remember the Google goggles? Oh, yeah. App? So, I mean, yeah. and how long it's taken to sort of move beyond that one app. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting to see how it's all playing out. Now yep. we get, you know, now we get Pokemon Go and uh, Pokemon Go, by the way, pink characters for Valentine's Day. Just, just 
for throwing that out there. I can't so. wait. Oh, I know. I know. Nice. You'll, you'll look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never done it. You've never played Pokemon Go? No. Dude. No. Don't start. Well, you know what? I, I mean, this is this is this is going to sound really bad, but you know, I'll, I'll play board games. Um, but I've never been a big gamer, and the reason I've never been a big gamer is that if I'm going to invest an hour or two hours in something, I'm going to read something, I'm going to watch a movie, I'm going to I'm going to uh, you know immerse myself, I'm going to learn something. I'd much rather do that than just goof off playing a game. Not, I mean, not that you can't learn stuff in a game. And boy, does my son argue with me about that. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, you're just yeah. Out, you're just out of it, Dad. You're just you know, you're just an old man. Yeah, yeah. You're, a lo- you're a loser, Pop. You're a loser. That's right. <laughs> yeah, That's you right. gave up gaming when Pong came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I must admit that that um, um, some of the some of the the uh, games that he has now for his Xbox, the graphics and the the virtual worlds are beyond comprehension they're so gorgeous yeah, they're like movies oh my god i mean it is really really amazing so i'll sit with him sometimes and then you'll have me play and of course i'll never play against him because you know i'm just like trying to figure out which control does what and he's already you know at ninth level you know, within 15 minutes. Anyway, back to uh, Minnesota Tech Stories. So yes, uh, Jamie yes. Thingolstead, of course, is the chief technology officer at SPS Commerce. And uh, I've not pinged him on this, but um, there was an article that came out in the Strib, Star Tribune, about SPS Commerce shares falling after their revenue forecast signals signaled slower growth. And, um, yep. uh, you know, bottom line is they've been on a tear. Uh, and so to have growth slow, I, I don't think is a, is a, is a bad thing. You're not necessarily surprised well, by it. Yeah. yeah, it's still in the teens as opposed to twenty percent or more. But this this shows the transformation that's happening in retail, and uh, they're they're feeling it. They are feeling it. Well, you know, and they've got their omnichannel strategy, so they're trying to cover all the customer touch points. Yeah, that's a that's a big play. And right, so, but. But the problem is, is their customers are facing some pretty stiff right. headwinds. So it's a, it's a real problem. You know, when you're selling software like they do, uh, you know, for supply chain management and omnichannel retail, when, you know, when the whole business is radically transforming, there's, you know, so, so they'll, you know, I think they'll be okay, but it just shows that retail is still going through this period of transformation. Yeah. Yeah, well, even this morning, they, uh, Sears is going to close uh, a couple hundred more stores. Say what, Sears? Sears. Yep. I know yep. they're, they're still around. Yeah. I know. I know. I think they're going to go down at some point. I mean, oh, pretty no soon question. because Agreed. you know they've spun out the real estate, which is the real crown jewel of Sears. All their their locations. Yep. Um, as a separate company, so they're they're going to start shutting store underperforming stores down, selling the real estate off, and that's how money. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Which is sad. Well, sad, also, sad situation. Also in the retail space, that, and it, you know, you may have be able to shed some light on this for me, Tim. Uh, Target is now um, starting up a mini accelerator for health-related startups. Yeah, health and wellness. Health and wellness. So, so they just kind of shuttered some of their other innovation uh, experience, experiments and, and, yeah. and out, out, outlets. Of what What's drawing them to health and wellness over just general retail? 
I don't know, actually. I haven't looked uh, into the uh, the backstory of this, and it's kind of, um, I don't know, eyebrow-raising a little bit because you're seeing uh, things like Fitbit sort of, you know, kind of plateau or decline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't know what their strategy is here, and I don't know what uh, new products in that space could, you know, change the trajectory of, of what's happening with fitness trackers, which would seem to be a kind of an indication of uh, customer acceptance of this kind of stuff. I mean, it does make sense at one level because they do sell all sorts of stuff that, you know, from, you know, the food you eat to fitness trackers and uh, fitness wear and all that. So it, it, it makes sense to what Target does. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure what products, what startups will come out of this initiative. It, so we'll have to keep. Is there a, is there an indication here that, that Target is looking at other um you know, goods and services beyond the normal target fare as a, as a way to combat, uh, you know, the Amazons of the world. Yeah. Well, their, their strategy has always been to have, uh, you know, unique branded or unique goods that are only available at target. And, you know, that's gonna, that's back from Ron Johnson's days. So they're going to continue that. And uh, apparently they want to innovate in the health and wellness space. So it, it doesn't say in this article kind of what they expect to come out of it. So, you know, in the weeks and months coming uh, in the future, we'll, we'll see what kinds of uh, stuff that they uh, fund. And, and I think their strategy will come, become into focus as a result. So we'll see. Well, and the, the other thing too, uh, Phil, to, to keep in mind is that um, it's not just a matter of them trying to find the next thing that, they can do it on a proprietary basis, but also when you think of the Internet of Things and the things for the home, um, that they want to be in on that, and they also want to be in on anything that's going to become a mass market trend. Mm-hmm. And from that standpoint, health, again, getting back to those 73 million baby boomers um, that I mentioned at the outset, um, it's going to be a big, big market. So if they can, if they can get into this, you know, the only kicker is, is uh, the, my my neighbor behind us uh, runs the uh, one of probably one of the top Walgreens in the state uh, in Eden Prairie. This thing is just a gold mine, and um, and I talked to him about all the connected products they had, uh, you know, for diabetes measurement and blood pressure and all kinds of stuff on this shelf near the pharmacy, and this stuff basically isn't selling. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is it's just too expensive and it's still a little bit too hard to use and it's still the the you know they're they're this is probably the wrong thing to say for for health but there's no killer app yet for for health Um, well the people that would be the target (laughs) customer for those kind of things are more seasoned citizens than you know the younger people so you know the adoption of this wizzy electronic stuff that you have to have a cell phone or a smartphone with is going to be diminished because not all senior citizens have smartphones. Yeah, which is going to change, though. Again, it's going to continue to change over time, but, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You are right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right occasionally. Yeah. And I know yeah, in this next thing. Once in a great while. <laughs> once in a great while. You know, it's like a, a blind squirrel, you know. <laughs> finds a, a nut occasionally as well. Okay, but I, I stuck this next story, and this is the right to repair bill. You know, we talked about it a few weeks ago, but yeah. it seems to be getting some momentum in the in the state senate. So that's that's a good uh, good thing. Well, especially with this nonprofit uh, tech dump 
that repairs and recycles yeah. old electronics and and, yeah. and um um you know there's actually a guy that i know who's got a, a little brother that he took on in college and his little brother's now i think 46 um uh, 44 and um um he's also gotten into this space in terms of distributing and training mm-hmm. on used equipment yep and um uh, it's a big deal you know because mm-hmm. there's a, still a lot of people that can't afford um you know internet connections yeah. and and so on right yep yep right so yeah it'll be interesting uh, to track this and see how it does now what's the latest is that that it is in is it up for vote yet or is it still not yet not yet we don't even have a text of a bill that we can uh, look at so okay okay you know i'll keep tracking this and as i see this thing progress through the state senate we'll we'll talk about it so how does how about how does everybody feel about this is you know the 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 right to repair i mean is that Steve, you a you a stockholder in Apple? Do you want to see that happen? Well, I think that it's um, you know you know the tough part for any manufacturer is besides wanting to control that whole thing, they also can't um, warranty repair something that's been opened by a consumer because you have no idea what somebody's done inside, and so that's the push pull is how do you. Um, allow people to go in and hack and play and fix and all of that and still have something under warranty? And the answer is you can't. Well, you well, can't, but well, Phil, should, shouldn't somebody have the right to say, okay, I'm willing to void my warranty? Yes, to- yes. And, and to your point, yes. to your point, um, you know, so my wife has this wonderful MacBook Air, and the new MacBook Airs really wouldn't buy her anything, but mm-hmm. A, she needs more memory, which you can't put in. Right. Um, and B, she needs a, a larger SSD hard drive, yep. and uh, she can't upgrade that. I right, think so, you can, can't you? Well, nope. can, you, can you crack it open and stick a new SSD uh, in? Yeah, just go watch the videos, <laughs> oh, okay. and then and then and then yeah. feel free to crack open your MacBook. I, I love I love the word. <laughs> just go crack it open. Yeah, it's like yeah, crack that damn thing open. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was really kind of my my, my like the disappointment and in, in, I just, you know, picked up that used MacBook air and the, and the tech dump that we had at, at the office. And it's like, Oh crap, I can't put any more Ram in this thing. <laughs> yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, you but, only pay 300 bucks for it. Come on. Don't I know, but still it was like, Oh, well that sucks. What's it got? So, four gigs. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. plenty. That's yeah. Plenty for a base oh, case I machine. I need more speed, 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 speed. Oh brother. Okay. man. Well, I think this right right to repair is a human right. So come on, let's get on it. Yeah. It's a human right? (laughs) Yeah, it's a basic human right. Okay. Just like healthcare. Like healthcare. Just like healthcare. I can't do Bernie Sanders. I'm sorry. Let's talk well, about other we tech. Did, we did. We did channel. We just mentioned Apple there, and they're back on revenue growth. Yeah, let's world. talk about some other tech, right, tech stories. Speak, speaking of excited, Steve. Well, so I will tell you that um, there's a new price target on Apple of 154 dollars a share, which is pretty exciting. But, but and then disclaimer for everyone listening: if you don't know this already, I am a shareholder. That's right. Apple, I kept most mind. of my stock from the 90s, um, and. Um, and the 10 shares that I got when my daughter was a baby and she gave it to me for my birthday. Anyway, um, the, um, the, the, yeah, so they, they, they had great quarter one, which is the, the fourth quarter of the year, right. uh, results with 17.8 billion in profit, which still just stuns me because I remember 
the first year that I worked for Apple after Steve Jobs came back in the 90s, um, that we hit $6.5 in revenue for the year. And we were cheering. Those that, are the days. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it's just amazing. But um, uh, also, they've got $246 billion in cash right now. Yeah, they could do a lot with it. And, and one, one thing we should note, though, is that this was a 14-week quarter instead of a 13-week quarter. Right. So, th- so that's why they had an extra week this year. Well, and the Samsung uh, uh, yeah. uh, blow-up phone uh, also gave them an entree, which is actually going to help them the first six months. This is one of the reasons that there's such a high price target on them right now is that uh, for the first six months, you know, Samsung is not expected to have the Galaxy S8 out until the right. summer. Note, Galaxy Note. Or no, yeah. yeah, so I, they sold a lot of uh, 7Ss or 7 Pluses, whatever. Yeah. And uh, it, that tells me that a lot of Samsung Note users upgraded to the, the iPhone. Yeah. You know, and yep. then a lot of other people, uh, my son is a, is, a, is a good example of this. He doesn't like big phones, but he got the Plus because he wanted the camera because he's a photographer. Oh. Right. Yeah. So he's dealing with a larger phone. And of course, as yep. you know, Steve, you just adapt to it. And it's like, yeah, it's not that big after you've used it for a while. But uh, he would have bought the regular seven if it wasn't for the, the the camera. So I think a lot of people did that as well. And that drives up their average price per sale. Yep. It's interesting. I just kind of popped open the stocks and it looks like Apple actually finished down yesterday. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, profit takers. I was go, actually go thinking it. of selling. Make money. Make a little money bit. now. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Go invest now. So. Yep. Well, and hey, then uh, just before no, before okay. we wander wander off of Apple, I did want to mention. I was uh, we went to see a movie the other day. I can't remember what what it was that we went to watch, but saw a preview for The Circle. I saw the trailer for The Circle. Have you seen that? No. No. What is that about? Uh, it's a uh, it's a Tom Hanks movie. It's uh, it's based on a science fiction novel by a James yeah. Ponsolt. I did uh, see the trailer. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. With Emma Emma Watson's in it, uh, Tom Hanks, John Boyega, um, very sort of you know, it's it's this this you know working for a company that basically invades every part of your life. It's almost like a, it's almost like a cult company in a way. Yeah, it's like a cult yeah. company, but it's I mean it's called the Circle, and it's this huge circular <laughs> headquarters. Just like the, the just like the, the new the, Apple the, spaceship, the campus. Apple spaceship campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa. Well, and Emma, Emma Watson plays a woman who who uh, lands a job at this company, mm-hmm. um, and then she becomes involved with a mysterious man, and um, that before you know it, she's her every move is tracked and chronicled, and yeah, it's yep. just so. Yep. so mm-hmm. But cautionary uh, tale. I think very a cautionary tale, kind of Apple esque. So, uh, okay. all right. Anyway, so, um, well, you know that, you know that one of my predictions this year what? is that we, we, we're going to reach peak social network. And so this is my first, uh, evidence that we've reached peak social net- network, that Twitter is, is really tanking. And for the first time in a number of years, creases in things like hashtags on Super Bowl commercials. Right. So I think Twitter Twitter is going down and I think Twitter is going to go down. It's not going to be acquired. It's going to go down because of the way that our current president uses it. Yeah. Really? Right. So, yes. I think think that politically Twitter will will be radioactive. Yes. Agreed. It it will go down within the next four years, largely because of Trump. 
Well, that and the proliferation of fake news and not being a reliable source for um, yeah. for credibility. I mean, that this yeah. the, this this harkens all all the way back to the discussions we had early on in the podcasts. Uh, we were talking about citizen journalism and how do you how do you create um, you know the reliability trusted. and trusted yeah. sources? Yeah. And uh, it's hard when there are so many sources. You can't trust any of them. So um, and but at the same time, if there's too few sources, then there's there's, uh, you know, information is too controlled. So, yeah, I think I I kind of tend to agree with uh, Tim on this one. So, uh, I, you know, will they go down? Will they change into something else? It's hard to say. But Twitter is not a, no longer a unique platform, uh, you know, as they move farther and farther away from their main way of, of doing business or, you know, of, of you know, becoming involved in our lives. I, it's, yeah, I, I think I agree with Tim. Yeah, they're being propped up by the, uh, you know, the big brands. And if the big brands aren't using hashtags as much, not showing that they have, you know, uh, a Twitter uh, account on their ads, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, you're, you're seeing that the brands are even rejecting it. Yeah, so. you know, I, I had zero awareness of this, Tim, um, until I saw the link that you put in the show notes about, um, the Super Bowl use of hashtags slipped 30 percent uh, mm-hmm. and URLs were what were being used. Yep. And and do you think it's because you give out a, a short URL, somebody can go to it right away versus if it's a hashtag, they've got to go search somewhere for things related to that hashtag. Yeah, and they got to go to the cesspool pool that is currently Twitter. Too, yeah. Right? yeah. And then they get distracted. To, to and Yeah. Right. So it's not a great medium anymore. Yep. Just like everything, it gets it gets uh, ruined, you know? Yeah. When the riffraff is let in, it's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> it was great when it was just us, you know, technology enthusiasts. Now it's just a shit show. The whole <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We should have started something right away to, uh, to uh, authorize hashtags. Well, then, and, I think and we would have been judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, a lot of companies tried that. There are a lot of hashtag registration sites now, but yeah, you know, there is no there is no de facto where to go sort of a thing. No. So, and you start no. seeing ridiculously long hashtags, and um, yeah, it's you know, yeah, it's bad. All right, I, well, I, Steve, I, I blame Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, it's his fault. So, Steve, <laughs> I, I think it's come to the uh, WordPress security tip of the week. There it is, just about. Well, okay. So, um, one of the things that a lot of people are not aware of is that. Right now, WordPress is driving 27% of the web. And um, nice. and I use it everywhere. And and so um, it, it's pretty amazing. Well, so I was not even aware of this, but WordPress uh, and all the sites we manage get up, updated right away and, and so on. So WordPress 4.7.2 came out right after 4.7.1, I mean, within a couple of weeks. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. And I updated right away. Then it was revealed that the reason dot two came out was there was an enormous zero day security flaw. It was zero- only in 4.7, by the way. So if you had, if you're running any, any of the four sixes, you're still okay. The The problem was in the rest API, which they added with 4.7. Correct. Yeah. Thanks. I was going to explain that. And, and yeah, you're right. That's exactly what happened. So um, there are still uh, literally millions of pages that have been um, archived right now um, and pointed to that are still, uh, that that got hacked. And because of that API, somebody can surreptitiously post on your site. 
Uh, so if you have a WordPress site, go upgrade it now. Right. So already did that, did that last night. Or hire, hire a practitioner to help you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, something else happened this week that I thought was pretty cool, and I thought I should actually get a hold of Tim in advance, but I'll just Uh talk to him on the podcast. Comcast came out with an Xfinity app on Roku, um, and it's going to have an additional month. This was a couple weeks ago, but because we missed a week, you know, I was going to mention it. Well, and and so I downloaded the app um, over the weekend and installed this past weekend and installed it, and... um, Went to it and signed in, and I was all excited to see what this new guide looked like. Because, I mean, instead of having a set-top box, you can just go buy a Roku box and, and access your, your programming, right? And yep. um, and I got an error message that said, you must be connected to Xfinity Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. And I Ooh. thought, oh, God. So Because I've got my own Motorola modem, yep. and I don't have Xfinity Wi-Fi. So I'm connected through Ethernet through my Roku. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You guys can't identify that it's your network. Maybe, maybe it's just a beta problem. But have you tried well, it? No, it's 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 uh, it has to do with the, they don't want you to take it up to your cabin. No, I understand that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so if if you know the the they, the streaming stick works, uh, and every other kind of uh, latter day Roku works as well. The box works, so they make it easy to take your subscription. And this is basically a cable box, so it is at this stage going to be limited to where you're getting Comcast uh, service. Um, if they didn't do this, then I could as a as a you know. Well, I guess I couldn't because I'm not a Comcast customer. So, but you could travel with it. In other words, so they're 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 restricting the travel at this at this stage. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, very cool. But it's it's good that you know for people like you, Steve, you've got these Roku's anyway, and presumably in the future they they might support other boxes too, like an Apple TV, for instance. Yeah. Um, yep. It, which means you don't have to have a you know a cable box on all these TVs, so it makes it more simple for the customer. Right. It does. Right. Yeah. So, so this is just this is just the uh, evolution of what cable TV is doing. Exactly. Okay. Well, so so I'm anyway. I'm wondering, Mister Tim. Um, yeah, yeah. Article that I put in here from the DC report. Uh, yep. about uh, how Trump plans to slow our internet to a crawl. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. and, and th- this is, I think this is a little bit, uh, too hyperbole for my taste, but I wanted a to bit, put it in a here. Bit be- spe- a bit of speculation. A bit of speculation. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's really an op-ed. It's not really a news piece. Correct. But anyway. Correct. Yep. But mm-hmm. I, but the, but the, um, uh, the outrage over, uh, Ajit Pais, who's the new FCC chairman, his yep. plans for net neutrality or basically his plans for killing net neutrality uh, are of great concern because nobody really knows what's going to happen. All right. He all, has not signaled what he's going to do. So everyone is freaking out that he's going to do something terrible when we, we have no idea. Well, we really don't. And and yeah. um, there there was great concern, though, that he's he's basically uh, essentially trying to shut off or kill the the low income um, access to high-speed internet because uh, right now 34 million people are roughly 10% of the country. They don't have access to high-speed internet. And mm-hmm. um, and so um, 
you know, that's that's a lot of rural people, of, of course. So there's going to be no initiatives that direction, supposedly, or leave it up to the free market, which nobody wants to invest. But um, well, I, I think that's the latter is going to be closer to what he's going to do. This guy came out of Verizon. He will probably do what the industry wants them to do, which is less regulation. So I think what we're going to see is the FCC is not going to be as activist as they've been over the past eight years. Right. Right. So that, so they're going to basically let the market do what the market's going to do. They've already dropped the stuff about uh, zero. Uh, what is that called? Zero rating. So all of these uh, lawsuits that are against T-Mobile and AT&T right now are going to go away. Um, so they can advantage certain um, traffic, which T-Mobile does, which as a T-Mobile customer, I, I feel is a benefit of using T-Mobile, which is if I use Netflix or Hulu or uh, HBO Go, um, it doesn't count toward my bandwidth at all. Yeah. So I can use it as much as I want. So to me, that's a benefit. But everyone is freaking out that, oh, geez, that's uh, advantaging the big guys. Well. It's advantaging services that people use. And if I don't have to think about my bandwidth, if I'm going to stream Netflix on my phone, that's a good thing for me. Right. So, right. Right. But yeah. But if we wanted a true net neutrality, then they couldn't legally do that. Yep. Right. That's correct. That is correct. It is a complicated issue. That's for sure. It is. Yes, it is. But my bottom line in this whole thing, and I looked into this story because I thought, oh, is, I've got to present the other side of the argument, right? You do a web search, there is no other side of the argument. <laughs> yeah. All it is is people freaking out. The, there's a Mashable article, which is even more hysterical than this. I, yeah, my daughter posted that on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was so, just like, oh, my God. So, I mean, yeah, my so... I mean, call me crazy, but let's let's just say let's let's freak out when the guy does something. Then I well, will join your freak out if I agree with you. Yeah, well, I think I think that you know I I think we're the the freak out is justified because so far, you know it you know it's sort of come to, to pass. <laughs> so it's not like anything has come down that's that's you felt like oh well everything's well, calm and cool and collected there. So we'll be all happened. fine. You know. Nothing's happened. He's rolled back a couple of things. You know, he hasn't really changed net neutrality that much. Well, yeah. So, yet. Well, we'll, we'll have see. to see. We'll have to see yeah. what happens. All yes, we know yeah, is no. that is that the current secretaries for the entire Trump administration are the the anti whatever they're managing. Yes. So he's the anti uh, uh, net neutrality, even and and. You know, Betsy DeVos is the anti-education and, you know, whatever's, whatever's incumbent, you know, the, the you know, anti-EPA, anti-climate change, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and that, you know, it's all about well, Trump wanting to th- no, essentially I, throw grenades into everything. And so my expectation is they're going to be grenades thrown in. So, yeah, well, that's no, what I'm I, saying, think, yeah. I, I would say it's not anti whatever the issue is. It's anti statist. So it's it's taking the federal government and and dismantling lots of regulations yeah. and sending it back to the states. And for me, that's I think that's a good thing. That's the, what our country was founded on. And less federal I'm a big state. Yeah, well, I'm a big states rights guy. I mean, the state, the state here in Minnesota, they do a fine job of regulation. They don't need any help from Washington. Yeah. Same with California and, and you know, yeah, New absolutely. York state. 
Yeah. All right. So let's talk about cool things and segue off of this. And uh, that's right. We're not uh, a political podcast. We're not. And um, Phil, I'm really curious about what your cool thing is. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. What? Yes. This is the love turntable. Check it out. You guys have to wow. see this. Out. This is but, like a, perfect for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things that that uh, you know, with the rebirth of vinyl or the the, the comeback that vinyl has made. Beyond making me regret, I got rid of my vinyl uh, and the turntable that I used to play it all on. Um, it, it's still interesting to see how things have changed That's as we move back in. This is this is the love turntable. Uh, it it's basically a it's a new twist on how a turntable works. It's uh, the turntable actually spins on top of the album. Uh, and if you take a look at follow the link over uh, it rotates on the record uh, and it's sort of a little oblong player that snaps on, you know, between the, you know, in the, in the center spindle um, it spins around the vial, kind of like a clock or you know, the hand of a clock. So um, go check it out. It's very cool. How very much cool. is this thing? Does it say how much it, it doesn't, is? It doesn't say. It's a Kickstarter. Uh, oh, okay. So it may or may not actually be Yes, made. it may ever may or may not actually be made. But I thought it was cute and unique enough uh just to take a peek at. So. Wow, they're way past their goal. Yep. They're almost half a million dollars and they had a fifty thousand dollar goal. Wow. Yeah. Pretty impressive. So, so check wow, it out. $319. Little spendy, but little spendy. Well, $319 is not that spendy for a turntable. Uh, that's right. But one that looks like this, yeah, I would th- say that's spendy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Right. But it's interesting. It'll marry to an app and basically uses a Shazam like, um, you know, system to identify tracks and things like that. So, uh, so the part part of this that as a uh, vinyl affectionado is the the Bluetooth audio is not yeah, as good as. It's going to suck. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's not going to suck. It's just not going to be as good. It's going to suck. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, but it's you know, a cool we, idea. Yeah. I, it's a, I thought, I thought it was cool enough to be a cool thing. And it's a perfect timing for Valentine's Day, too. Love. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Mr. Tim, what's yours, buddy? All right. So, this is uh, another fitness uh, IoT deal. I, I, I found this a couple of weeks ago and I thought, wow, this is really cool. So, it's building a fitness tracker into a belt and it looks just like a regular dress belt and you wear it and it has a tracker in it and it does all the stuff that a Fitbit does, except for tracking sleep, of course, because you don't sleep with your belt on. Yeah. Um, but the same idea. So, if you're just looking for a pedometer, basically, um, that marries with your smartphone with, through an app. This is an, an interesting idea. Huh. And it also keeps track of rapid variations in waist size to monitor patterns of overeating. <laughs> That's right. So don't wear this on Thanksgiving. There you go. It's a little spendy, 150 bucks, but it's huh. yet another innovative half, idea. Half the price of a love turntable. So. That's right. It's called the Welt, the Welt Smart Belt. Very cool. All right. All right. Well, I, I just decided uh, on the fly here today to remove my current cool thing of the week and replace it with this only because um uh, i have a client and friend who has a um uh, uh, uh cell phone repair location or several locations actually and wanted to pump digital signage into each one you know through hdtvs and the solution they chose was a great one and i didn't which i also didn't know existed uh, but it's a little spendy and so this is chrome digital signage and it's a it's a 
fairly inexpensive platform because you can buy the the sticks for your for the TVs for eighty five bucks, and then you mm-hmm. can just drive the signage directly to it. And in fact, it was so effective and so good and worked so well that Disney World Swan and Dolphin Resort uh, it moved toward um, Chrome Digital Signage, and IT's not involved at all. They're actually just doing it themselves. It's that easy. So what you're saying, Steve, is all you would need all you would need is a monitor and this plug. Yes. Right. It's using a Chrome bit, which is basically a, a Chrome book in a stick fo- format. I got you. But it allows so you to display full the full autonomous, screen. Yeah, it's a full autonomous uh, version of, of uh, the, the Chromebook, basically, Chrome OS. So it's it's not like the Chromecast, which is a casting from your phone sort of deal. This is a basically its own computer sitting there connected to the Internet so you can update it, but presumably a lot more secure than a Chromecast would be. Yeah, it's a size of a bigger thumb drive, but it's got a 16 gig hard drive or chip in there. Uh, yep. Two gigs of memory. It's got a little uh, I've never heard of this rock chip 3288 processor, but it's a it's an arm processor. Uh, it's mm-hmm. got Wi-Fi built into it, into a stick. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, what a great little product. So this, this allows you basically to create your own sign. Yep. Yeah. And put it on your own monitor. Is there, any kind, is there any kind of subscription to this to use the service, or is it just the, the expense of the, of the uh, stick? It's yeah, a good question. Just, I don't know. Does it say? Um, I bet they charge you something for it. They, yeah. They're just not doing it for free. But it's, it's affordable, so who knows? Yeah, it is. Well, is it affordable in the long run? You know, you, know, you don't know, right? Okay, it says uh, designed for from ground up, inexpensive hardware, all managed through the Chrome Device Management Console. You know, the Chrome Device Management Console is free. It's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's right? all free. So I, think, I think it's free. You just buy these Chrome bits, which are hundred bucks or eighty eighty five bucks. bucks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. And you stick them in. Yeah. This you're if done. you're. A re- a retailer, this is a great solution. Well, a retailer or, I mean, even if you're ha- having a conference or you're running a convention center or you've got a hotel or whatever, bar, you want to yeah. have, yeah, you want to have multiple uh, uh, signs up, you can, uh, boom, just. This would be great for a restaurant. You could have like a board outside that has, you know, your specials and whatnot. Well, and they're also uh, talking about using it to drive kiosks, um, you know, for employers or customers and so on. And so it'll be, yeah, it'll be pretty interesting to see where this ends up. That is a cool thing. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I see what do we got coming up for events there, kids? Well, the, uh, pretty much the same, uh, girls in STEM right. on the 11th. Today. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's right. Today is the 11th. It is um, the 11th. Yes. And the Midwest PHP 2017 is coming out. And, right. um. In March. Yeah. That's I have the IOT fuse on the 21st of April. Tickets there it is now. So uh, and Mobile Twin Cities, March fourteenth. Great. Which put you'll, put you'll those in there, young man. I'll add those in there. I promise. I will, Excellent. I will do so immediate, immediately. Okay. Get right on it. Cool. Good. Cool. So, well, let's see what's coming up. Oh, by the way, uh, we have a mini demo coming up. Uh, we ought to put that in there as well. Yes. I believe tickets have been released for that already. So. Um, you can check that out, and then I think Mini Bar is on the docket as well. So uh, we'll get those dates up as well. So, Absolutely. and then you know whatever happens between now and next weekend, we'll talk about it next week on the Minivate Gang Podcast. 
Happy Valentine's Day. 